and Haru realizes they're doppelgangers of one another, him and you. And uh, that is the twist of Nidukuni. Why does Haru and you not look like one another at all? Right. When everybody else's doppelganger look almost exactly identical the to same. one another. Like, yeah. Do you really think Haru and you are actual doppelgangers of one another? Or you think Haru's just being an idiot and somehow just like... <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be the funniest thing? <laughs> that they're actually not doppelgangers, but he just somehow thought he was? Because he's like, oh, I don't have them anymore. Okay, I like, I like that explanation so much because it just makes... It makes so much sense. Yasha is in furry Poland. You don't know what Trigon is? Oh my god. No, why are you surprised? How they're like super OP and like Trigon. Sailor Mars is over here with her psychic <laughs> powers <laughs> and her <laughs> written Kyoto Welcome to Incoherent Geek Shit. I'm Ion and as always I'm joined by Sari. Sari, what topic are we talking about today? We are talking about Nino Kuni, the film, not the, the game. Film which is set in the same universe as the gaming franchise, the Japanese RPG franchise. And uh, this movie is actually a direct sequel to Ninu Kuni 2. The, I, I believe the game is called Reverend Kingdom. And you know um, this is going to be funny because uh, Sari and I are geeks, but we have never played this franchise before. At least I don't think you have, right? No. You've never played it, right? <laughs> no, I haven't. You haven't played it, I haven't played it. And it's kind of embarrassing for me because I am a Japanese RPG like huge fan uh for some reason this franchise has always escaped me <laughs> uh i've always wanted to play it but uh kind of sat my first exposure to it is this film but uh regardless this is an anime uh, set in the universe of ninu kuni and here is just a actual description of the entire film because we spoil films for all of you guys so if you haven't seen it maybe pause the episode uh, pause this episode and come back after so you can uh listen uh to us ramble about what we liked and disliked and talked about theories but here is the actual story of ninu kuni the film which you can watch on netflix right now our wheelchair bound hero yu and his jock friend haru are slung into a isekai fantasy world when their life was about to perish trying to save their friend kotona 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 i was gonna say katara (laughs) kotona they end up saving Princess Astrid, who is Kotuna's link or soulmate, aka a doppelganger, essentially a doppelganger, and they return home to learn that Kotuna has a brain tumor and will die soon. The irony. Haru blames saving Astrid caused Kotuna to forfeit her own life, while Yu believes that their doppelganger's fortunes are matched and linked together, and that means Astrid is in danger and they need to save her, so they want to go back. They end up do going back to this fantasy world and end up on opposite sides of a war involving two countries. They eventually make up and save the world together and kill the villain, and as the portal closes back to their world, Yu decides to stay behind in this fantasy world and live with Astrid, while Haru goes back to his world and finds out Kotuna is fine now and they live happily ever ever, supposedly. And Haru realizes they're doppelgangers of one another, him and Yu. And uh, that is the twist of Nidukuni. So that's the story oh my there. Gosh. So, so, first of all, I watched this movie. Um, this is my second time watching it, but the first time I watched it was because it looks like a Studio Ghibli film, 
And I just saw it on Netflix, and it was like this animated Studio Ghibli-looking thing. It seemed like so an you knew nothing about. You I knew, knew nothing. nothing. About this it film. had an interesting okay. synopsis, so I watched it, and then after that, I googled it because I was like, "Why does it look so much like Studio Ghibli? Is mm-hmm. it? Is it? Or is it not? It's technically not." Um, so that's when I found out that it was based on a game. But let me tell you, like the second time watching it through. Because I feel like the first time you're trying to figure out what's going on, who's right, and I think... I mean, the first time you do kind of have an inkling that you is correct, that their lives are linked, and they match rather than one is going to kill the other by, you know, die. You know what I mean? Like, if one lives, the other must die. Like That his hypothesis was correct, and that you kind of understand that. Yeah, yeah you was correct, and, Haru was, and Haru was wrong. And I feel like you, you do have an inkling that that's right, but the first time you watch it, you still are sort of, like, thinking about that, and, like what's going on and, like, how the world works and, like, how everyone's connected. But the second time you watch it, things make a lot less sense. There's, like, so much going on that I'm like, why did they do... Because they, like, sabotage... The writers sabotage themselves. And I feel like I don't want to get into that just yet. But, like, Mm -hmm. those are kind of my thoughts as somebody who has, like, watched it for the second time rather than, you know, just kind of jumping in and... Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So as somebody who uh, is kind of similar in your position, I like, once again, I have never played the franchise, but I knew exactly what it was. I have an interesting backstory regarding Ninu Kuni and why I never played it, but I'm not going to get into it. Uh, but I always knew that, that it had. Tease. <laughs> <laughs> I always knew it had some sort of like background with Studio Ghibli because Studio Ghibli actually animated the original. Um, animation in the cutscenes of the ps uh i believe the ps3 version the remastered one or they actually also did ds one i'm not 100 percent sure but they did one or the other and joe hasashi the guy who makes basically who collaborates with uh miyazaki on all his studio ghibli films modern ones he made the music for this film and also the games and yinu kuni so it has a lot of studio ghibli ties to it and uh like you said the art actually looks like it uh, but regardless, like I had no idea what the story was about. I always thought I never knew Nino Kuni was an isekai. I always thought it was just like a fantasy adventure. But uh, yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea it was an isekai, and this was a really weird surprise. Like even like the photo art, the poster, it's just a kid in a wheelchair in a school, right? I, I was like, oh, Nino Kuni. I thought it was a fantasy thing. Why is this guy in a high school in a wheelchair in a basketball gym? <laughs> so I was in for a shock. When uh, this black hooded emo assassin guy just comes and stabs people, <laughs> I was like, he "What the fuck like is happening?" He kind of looks like he belongs in like Tokyo Ghoul or something. Right, right, and he doesn't fit the fantasy aspect either. So I have no idea where he came from. Uh, I still He's have a henchman. <laughs> I still have no idea who the hell he is. Like, did they ever explain the black hooded emo assassin guy who turns into a spider? Like, why was he killing people, and what the fuck was he doing on the on our side of the world? Yeah, yeah okay, so this is what I mean by they, like, sabotage their own writing. So, he initially goes there, and he stabs Kotona. And then in the next scene, like, very shortly, they, uh, it's like within ten minutes, they are in the other world, they go find Princess Astrid, which is Kotona's, like, doppelganger, or I guess you could say, like, her parallel self, because they're, they're mm-hmm. like, the same person, but, like, different worlds. Um... And when you watch, what does you pull out of her? He pulls out a dagger. So basically, the guy went to the other world to stab Kotona so that it would affect uh, 
Astrid. And I was like, wow, that makes so much sense because Astrid has this Aegis power, right? Which what it does is it reflects anything back onto the person. So she can't be hurt because if you try to stab her, you get stabbed, right? So it makes sense to go to the other world and stab Kotona because Kotona doesn't have that power. The problem is at the near the end of the movie, they're like, oh, the pink haired guy, what the hell is his name? He's got like three names. He's like the magistrate Naus and he's like the Right. He's like the... The main villain. He's the king's brother, and he's also... Yeah, he's the main villain. And they're like... They figured out that he's like the guy behind everything because they didn't know it at first, right? And they're like, oh, we'll prove it. Lift up your shirt and we'll see that you're cursed. How did he get cursed if he did not directly attack Astrid? And doesn't that take away the whole point of the guy even going to stab Kotona in the first place? Because I'm telling you, that was why he Ah, stabbed her, so that nobody would get hurt. So, do you hypothetically think that that black spider dude was his doppelganger in our world? And he just, for some reason, I don't know. The other, okay, the other thing, (laughs) I I don't think so. I mean, maybe, but the thing that doesn't make sense is they also were like, oh, the only people who can travel the worlds are people who are heroes. The wayfarers. Yeah, Yeah, and they Mm -hmm. say they have to be heroic. Well, this fucker's going over here to just hurt people. Like, that's not heroic. How can he, like, true? Yeah, how could they be heroic as a baby, too? Like, you was crippled as a child in an airplane crash, uh, hypothetically, an airplane crash. We don't even know what happened for real now it, it could all be uh but then they try to like whatever, undo but. all of that by saying that the portal magic was just like the pink haired guy the main villain's magic they're like oh you have to go back because the portal's gonna close for good now because that was his magic and he's dead what? and i'm like that's what they say at the end of the film yeah what, what do you think of this potential theory the black hoodie emo assassin guy is actually from uh the world of nino kuni and the actual main villain was from our Earth, and they just flipped places. I, like, they maybe met up together somewhere know. along the line after traveling to one another's place and decide to work together to take over their kingdom or whatever, and that's how they came up with this plan, and they swapped. No, <laughs> no, because no, he turns so? into a spider. Nobody right, in- that's, that's why. Like, the fantasy world, it makes more sense for that guy if he came from the fantasy world to turn into a spider. Whereas the... Ma- oh, wait, no. He's a magician. The pink hair guy turns it. Yeah, he's a magician. And although, he turns into, like, some weird... What even is that supposed to be? No, but although Haru also gains powers when he goes into the uh, Ninu Kuni world, right? It's the I same mean, thing with yeah, it's, it's not really, like, powers per se, but he... Yes, like super he can, strength. Well, he can... Um, he can suddenly sword fight. <laughs> yeah. They just yeah, he sword can suddenly sword fight and uh, he can wear really heavy shit armor and still it, be okay. So. I think the thing about this movie is like it does have a really good concept, but the problem is that they they do stuff that doesn't make sense. Like, okay, you're this like you have two people that are basically the same, right? People are linked from world to world, but in one world it's a fantasy world, and in the other it's not like I don't understand how just going to that world would suddenly make you a good sword fighter. Like, I don't get it. it I just don't see it's how It's an that... isekai trope. That's just how it I works. Know. Like, you know. I yeah. know, but I feel like because of the rest of the stuff that they tried to explain or set up, it, it made it not make sense to me that they could even fight because it was like... You know, I don't know. It just To me, it just didn't seem to work with everything else that they had explained yeah. or set it, up for the also, movie. Also, the difficulty for this is, like you said, it's a movie, right? They have a limited time frame. And unlike the actual gaming franchise where you can actually level up because you play the player 
and you actually can experience that player growing like we did with Oliver and uh, Ninu Kuni, even though neither of us have played that game, but that's what happened. Uh, but I will forgive everything this movie did wrong, which we'll talk about because there is a lot of things that didn't make sense in this film that's kind of like, what the hell? Uh, I will forgive everything they did wrong because I love the cameo from Oliver. So the old man in this film who has a cane, this magical cane, who's like a legendary sword that he turns out into the legendary sword. That guy is Oliver from the little boy you play as Ninu Kuni, the original game. So that is like the coolest thing ever. He's wearing his Wayfarer robe and, and it's just the coolest thing ever. So I would forget everything because they made the most epic <laughs> cameo there. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, there's a lot of stupidity in this I film. I mean, easy uh, for them to buy your forgiveness, but not mine. Because I just, like I said, it makes so much sense for the guy to stab Kotona instead of Astrid because of Astrid's, like, shield magic stuff. Yeah. But then why? Why do they then show main villain with the curse? It doesn't make, like, the curse that she, it doesn't make any sense because he didn't physically stab her and i think they were trying too hard to like be like oh you have to prove it's him when in reality he like how many people were in the room when he said wow she looks like sister saki because he he's like in the castle and he mentions that one of the people in that other world look just like his older sister use older sister or you can you can also say you, you remember in game of thrones when uh melisandre not melisandre um Melisandre or Missandei? Melisandre. Sorry, I mixed the two together. Yes, you did. <laughs> Melisandre. Yeah, Melisandre um, some, uh, has, like, sex with, um, oh, my God, what's, uh, sta, sta, la, 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 Stannis? King? It. Is it King Stannis? Stannis. <laughs> King Stannis. Yeah, she, he has sex with King Stannis and gives birth to, like, this dark spirit that goes and assassinates uh, uh, Ren. Oh, my God, I'm... My Game of Thrones uh, knowledge has deteriorated in the last year. It, it, <laughs> his, his brother, yeah, Ren, his Renly, brother. Renly, right? Hypothetically, you could maybe he did this. Maybe this, um, maybe this villain, the main bad guy, used his magic to summon this, um, do, not doppelganger, but just like this spirit or dark shadow thing to this world, to our world, to kill, to assassinate um, Kotana. That could also be him. And if that's the case, it's his life essence that summon this magical spirit to go kill it because we don't know what the hell that black emo i don't even think he's human yeah and if he's not his doppelganger in our world then what is he like i i think maybe that game of thrones reference is it could apply here that's why he has that um scar on him um yeah i mean i agree that it that that could be the case i just think that the movie didn't give enough like evidence of that so for us to explain it away that way is us doing the work that the movie and the writers should have done absolutely <laughs> basically <laughs> so um there's that <laughs> yeah no there were there was a lot of stuff here that was just kind of like really poorly mapped out <laughs> in this film uh one thing that i was just the twist thing that they really wanted to hammer at the end was they were the same person right but it begs to figure be- begs for me to consider why does Haru and you not look like one another at all? Right. Like everybody else's doppelganger look almost exactly identical the to same. one another. Like yeah. what? That makes no sense. None of none of their facial features, none of their 
hair styles or like they don't look nothing alike (laughs) and they don't act anything alike either exactly yeah they're like oh we like the same things and blah 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 and i'm like okay i guess both of the kotonos like oranges but like but what does haru and you like we never got to see them playing games together or watching anime They, that's the only thing they both like Kotona one guy is much smarter analytically Haru of course you sounds like he's a hot no sorry you is the intelligent yeah, one the- Haru is the emotional one who's hot headed their, their identities are nowhere similar no. <laughs> so I have no idea how they were trying to explain that other than it's a twist at the end you know yeah so <laughs> I absolutely positively hate Haru I hate him he's like the most annoying character from the beginning of the show. Just the first thing that happens is he's this like douchebag Chad playing basketball and has all these like girls on him and oh my god. And then it gets worse. You is in a wheelchair because he doesn't have any mobility in his legs at all. None. And this fucker, he's like so Kotona gets stabbed, and you gets there, like, just as she's getting stabbed. And he, like, kind of, like, flies out of his wheelchair and, like, grabs her before she falls to the ground. And the only reason he's there is because she called him because her fucktard boyfriend, Haru, didn't have his phone on. And then he has the audacity to come to the scene and be like, why didn't you do anything? And I'm like, you didn't even have your phone on! <sighs> I'm sorry, you're gonna hate editing this. I'm probably, like, breaking the, uh, the thing here, no. but... No, I, oh my gosh, I misunderstood that. I thought he was blaming him for stabbing her. He is blaming uh, him for, like, not doing enough. I'm like, this guy, yeah, yeah. he's blaming him for not saving her. He's like, what were you doing? Why weren't you here? Why weren't you? And I'm like, why weren't you here? This guy's in, he can't move his legs. (laughs) What's he going to do? Ram his wheelchair into the spider dude. Yeah, I'm like, I have no idea what you think this guy is going to do. And he can only go as fast as his wheelchair can because he doesn't even have, he's got an electric wheelchair. To counter, to counter your handicap-isms handicapism are you saying a handicapped person can't be a hero i mean yeah they are guess they could be but a handicapped person can't do the same things a able-bodied person can you're ableist i okay you're being an ableist right now wow you're you're trying to so make me sound bad project- but here's the thing <laughs> realistically can a can a person in a wheelchair save someone sure there are definitely situations in which that could happen, whether that's them actually physically being able to save somebody or saving somebody by just being there, screaming, calling the cops, whatever it may be. So sure, they could save somebody. But the thing is, can a person in a wheelchair do everything that a person with their fun- like functioning legs can do? The obvious answer is no. And it's not ableist, it's not this, it's not that. It's just, so if, unfortunately, if the truth. Haru did have his legs that were working and i'm uh, sorry if you had his legs working <laughs> and haru came onto the scene and saw his girlfriend stabbed on the floor and the able-bodied you was standing around then you're saying it's fair for him to oh criticize. it's still not fair it's definitely still not fair because the thing is he still arrived kind of a moment too late and that's not his fault i mean he didn't know where she was he had a general area he had a general idea, she gave him the vicinity that she was in bef- when she had called him, and then they had, like, hung up, which I don't know why they hung up. That was kind of stupid. Uh, Always <laughs> stay on the phone if you're yeah. being chased, ladies why and gentlemen. Why you hang up? So he didn't my have, point, like, a real is, time though, of- I'm just going to say, 
you're hating on Haru, and Haru is just an ableist ally. So that that there we, there we go. That's that's what we're I mean. You at. could here's the thing. You could argue that the film is that way too, since like you regains his ability to walk in the other world. And then and then Haru's first reaction is it must be a dream. <laughs> like yeah. oh man, you're not you supposed walk. to walk. I mean, I yeah. do at the same time I do think that the very beginning of the film does show a pretty realistic idea of what it might be like to be in a wheelchair and to experience cuz they have these like little moments where his friends are like, "Oh, I want to go to the shop and get crepes." But it's up this huge flight of stairs. And he's like, you know what? I'm the third wheel, so like I'll just leave. And his friends are like, no, we can go some other time. But he still kind of feels bad about it. And he goes home and you and he like lifts his legs into his bed. And you're kind of just left thinking about that scenario of like, how many times has he felt like he's missing out on something or whatever? And and I, I actually really liked that aspect of the film. I think it was one of the few things they did really well. Because I You know. It's pretty interesting that you uh, you actually felt that because uh, Yunu Kuni, the franchise itself, is full of these like really kind of depressing but like uplifting, realistic moments. It, it's just like people die, yeah. and like it's just it's just the weirdest thing. Like the the whole premise, the inciting incident of the original game Yunu Kuni was this little boy Oliver. His mother dies saving him. Right, she has a heart attack or something, and then she dies and then his toy turns to like his stuffed animal toy actually comes to life and tells him he's from this alternate world this Ninu Kuni world and that these lives there's another person that looks like his mom and that their lives may be linked so if they go and save her she's a witch apparently the person who looks like his mother's a witch if they save that really famous witch maybe his mother would come to life and that's how oliver ends up in the ninu kuni world so that's like that's a pretty dark shit right off the bat and right off the bat in this film we feel bad for this kid who's in a wheelchair when his best friend and his girlfriend are like you know all happy happy perfect match and he's the third wheel literally in a wheelchair yeah (laughs) you know so this franchise is kind of kind of not that you know it's deceptive because when you think studio ghibli you think oh it's all happy going and go lucky and always like good vibes kind of depressing shit yeah and i think it also shows that a sort of situation where even though his friends are willing to like they don't even push it they they just want to do what they can to to make him feel included even in that scenario he still feels a little left out or you know what i mean and i yeah. and i like i said i really liked the truthfulness of that because i think you know we do our best to be positive you know there's a lot of positivity movements on the internet and we do our best to try and uplift people and and to help people i guess accept themselves for what they are but I think at the end of the day, you know, any disability that you have, whether it's a physical disability or a mental disability, there are going to be times that you're just going to feel like shit and you're going to hate having that disability. And then that's just how it is. And so I think that the yeah. movie shows that while still showing that he's a capable person in general because of how smart he is. So he's not lesser because he's in a wheelchair, but he still has that that struggle of, of feeling left out or being upset that he can't do the same things that his friends can do, or at least if he does that, 
he'll, it'll be like inconveniencing them because later they were like, oh, we should we should go there with him, but we'll take the long route. You know, it's OK. We'll take the long route. But I think, you know, oftentimes people do feel like, oh, OK, now I have to inconvenience them just to hang out with them. And it's, it's kind of easy to fall into those those traps of negative thoughts, because I mean, I, I can't imagine how hard it would be to live as somebody that didn't have the function of their legs, you know? Yeah, and you're right, because at the end of the day, he didn't save both worlds and all the people that they love using his strength. Like, yes, he was able to walk and, and wave his sword in the world of Ninukuni, but it was his brain and his analysis of the situation and how these linked doppelgangers worked that really saved the day. Whereas Haru, uh, no wonder you hate him, but uh, he <laughs> has no real logic. He's baseless in his claims and stuff like that he's kind of he's kind of stupid <laughs> that's the truth of the matter and uh he yeah so i mean you actually has a lot to offer like you said and his mobility was a non-factor uh the funny thing though is now that i think of it haru as we stated is not the brightest person he was wrong about a lot of things in this film at the end, he's the one who realizes that he and you are the same person. Are we supposed to just take that and run with it because the movie tells us? Because remember, you was the smart one. You was the one who has been making all the uh, theories up and actually discovering and proving his hypothesis and stuff. Haru's been the wrong one. So do you really think Haru and you are actual doppelgangers of one another or you think Haru's just being an idiot and somehow just like <laughs> wouldn't that be the funniest thing that they're actually not doppelgangers but you just somehow thought they were okay I like, like oh, I, I like anymore. that explanation so much because it just makes it makes so much sense because if they if if they were different people but both of them were from that world then that would mean that you would die because before the portal closes um, Astrid tells them that visitors aren't allowed to stay long, and if they don't leave, they will die there. But you decides to stay anyway, and we know that he's smart, so he must have figured out that either he is from that world, <laughs> and he is the same person as Haru, or he's from that world and he's not. He just, he figures something out. But I really like your uh, explanation, because <laughs> Haru is pretty dumb, so maybe he just, maybe it's wishful thinking on his part. Well, the way I, I can counter that, and I don't even know if it's true or not because, once again, I never played Nino Kuni, but when Oliver gave you his uh, legendary weapon, that's the Wayfarer. I, I, I think that could be the Wayfarer secret, right? I don't think it's the cloak. It could be the cloak. That The cloak is a symbol of, of the traveling between the worlds, but maybe those rules don't apply to the wayfarer because they're the hero they're the special person right but that also see that's why i'm also confused if you was originally part of the ninu kuni world are we saying that the hero and the uh wayfarers can also be from ninu kuni because i always was under the assumption or not always because once again I never put the game but I, I from what i read i thought oliver was from our world so I thought the wayfarers can only travel starting from our world to their world. But didn't you say, forth. you said before that Oliver, a doll, tells him that he's actually from the other world. True. It was a doll given to him by his mother, from what I read in the uh, synopsis of the game. I don't know the background story to that, but uh, Oliver is a human from our Earth, right? 
So I, I, I don't know. It, it's very confusing. Like, I am, I, I do have to say, though, after watching this, <laughs> I am interested in actually finally playing Nino Kuni for once. You know, 2013 was a long time ago, and uh, I think it's been so long that I can actually play these games now because they're all out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm highly interested in actually exploring the world of uh, Nino Kuni now. I do have somewhat of a theory of how they could be the same person but still be so different. Oh, yeah? Let's hear it. So, I'm thinking that maybe Haru is the asshole that you would have become if you never traveled to Earth. Because if he never traveled to Earth, he never would have had a disability. Because he got his disability somehow in a plane crash somehow. So, if he had lived in his world the whole time, you would have been athletic the whole time. Because Haru is athletic, so you would have been athletic the whole time that he was in the Nino Kuni world. So maybe he would have been the Chad, just like Haru with all the girls after him and being kind of a douchebag, and he would never have had to try to become smart or rely on his intelligence because he would have been like, you know what I mean? He would have, he would have been a Chad. Here you go, <laughs> so, stereotypes once again. Why can't you be smart, athletic, and also kind? Like, come on, some people. I I I, I was totally that, you know. It's it, it's a, it, it can happen. I mean, you, you can be, one be or the other. but I'm trying to ex- I'm trying to figure out why him and Haru are the same person, and Haru is not smart. So this is the only why thing. Why do they look so significantly different too? No. One's natural <laughs> yeah, hair color is black. The know. other ones, you know, like they look they look nothing. nothing yeah, they don't look anything like it at all. Yeah. So yeah, that makes no sense either. I absolutely <laughs> no sense. Yeah, I I don't get that. I. Like I said, I think I like your explanation the best. It's just Haru being stupid yeah. once again. Yeah. It's just Haru being stupid and trying to co- co- like confirm it in his mind that he's actually understanding what's going on. Because in reality, he has no idea what the fuck's happening. He, <laughs> I just want to choose to Maybe he that. just wants to feel good about himself. He's like, man, this whole time I've been such an, like, such an idiot. But like, because yeah. he's done nothing. He's actually done nothing. He's just a lot. I mean, the he did get, get the final out. blow on uh, on Maleficent. He? Yeah, he did. He did. Uh huh. He did because okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 you remember right. you uh-huh. like kind of falls down and like distracts the thing, and then it's like, "Where's your sword?" And she's True. like, "Ah, yes, it's over right, there!" Right. And everyone's. Right. I mean, they actually do hint throughout the movie that they're the same person. Like watching it the second time, like for instance, when uh, the king and the evil guy decide, let's put them in a sword fight with like a bunch of gladiators from our, you know, because they want us. They want them to prove yeah. how good they are. How the Coliseum scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In that moment, remember, there's the time where they're like, wow, they fight so well together. Like, they're two, like, peas in a pot or some shit like that. So there are a oh, lot of, like, little nods throughout the film that, like, purposefully push it. But you wouldn't really notice the first time you watch it because I didn't. I mean, maybe someone would, but I didn't. And apparently you didn't. But watching it the second time and knowing, because, you know, I watched it Knowing well, that they're apparently all- <laughs> supposed to be the same person, they do. If that's all it takes. If that's all it takes, I had no idea um, Kirito was dating himself because Asuna <laughs> is apparently also <laughs> Kirito's doppelganger. Because no, that's a dumb explanation. I, I definitely don't think that's the case. Yeah, there's there's no way that fighting in sync means that they're the same person. Like that's if that's the only clue you found, then no, no, that's no. There were a few sucks. more, but that's the one that I remember the most. Let's hear it. What 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 else is there? Because I 
this is my first time watching uh, it, so I didn't know the twist it, until the end. Uh, so I didn't see it at all. I, I wasn't paying attention to any of that. See, I'm trying to think of them now because that was the that's the biggest one that stood out to me because they literally say that they were like alike. Um, but there I, there were other moments. The only blatant one that I could see or they explain to you as juxtaposition is they like the same girl. Yeah, that's the other. Yeah, right? that's they one of the other. Spell it out ones. for you. <laughs> Well, they literally spell it out for you. Like, Haru says it in his little ending monologue. But other than that, like, what exactly did they show? Like, I guess what you said there, that's really weak in my opinion. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't remember any other ones. Yeah, I I, I I, also don't. I just, I'm pretty sure they were there. <laughs> because I remember watching it and being like, oh, okay. So they I are trying to... I guess it's time for Sari to watch... Nino Kuni a third time, a third time. <laughs> so I can go back and, t- and tell you all why they apparently are the same person although it really doesn't make that much sense it really doesn't yeah the whole film just there's a lot of stupid things here that make no sense okay what else uh what else did you think about the movie like what was what was the biggest plot hole you thought happened in Nino Kuni I mean, to me, it was just the fact that the pink-haired guy had the curse on him, because I just don't think that he should have, considering that somebody stabbed her in a different world and it wasn't even him. So unless that guy was literally made out of his magic, like you suggested, but like the film did not explain, it doesn't make any sense. But there are some other pretty big plot holes. Um, so one of them, let me just uh, find it. It's it's when they go back. They're in their world, and there has just been... I think it's, like, right after there's a fire in the hospital or something. They go to check on his sister, Saki. And because when they left the other world, they were, like, the the fantasy world. The people in the fantasy world were like, oh, we're going to kill her. So they're like, we have to go check on her in this world to make sure she's okay. And in the, like, normal Earth world... Um, the spider guy is asking her where you is. Now, that part makes sense to me because he's probably wants to kill you. They want you out of the way, okay? Him and Haru are really meddling in shit in the other world. So they want him out of the way. That makes sense. But then the thing is that he ends up attacking Saki. So the idea was if they save Saki in the Earth world, then the other Saki in the fantasy world will get saved. But in the normal world, normally people, the disasters that are happening to people are like cancer, a fire, like a car crash. But this would have been a direct uh, meddling from the fantasy world. So to me, it, it's like, it's, this is like time loop confusing. Like how, how does that count as saving her? Do you, do you get what I'm, where I'm going here? How's that? How's that any any different than what he did to Kotona though? Because he he actually stabbed Kotona. He was trying to stab Saki, right? Well, he was. So I mean, hypothetically, was, yeah, it's the same. following her at the cart. But what I'm saying is that she was already in danger in the other world, so she should have been in danger in this world without the guy coming to put her in danger. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you're right. Because or, there was nothing for her to be in danger from except for the guy from the other world, and he was only looking for you. And I don't know. To me, it's like a weird way for her to be in danger. Because she was already in danger in the other world. Right. Yeah, I I mean, it's still a danger that a random black hooded (laughs) dude just comes in and stabs you in the middle of the night at your flower shop. Uh, But yes, I understand what you're saying. It's weak. That was a weak way to link it. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, that's yeah. There's the, there's weak points. There's a lot of weak things in this film. Like you understand what they were going for, but it's just if you think about it, it's it's really shallow and yeah, <laughs> it makes little sense if they have logic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And then the other thing I want to know is how is the main villain in two places at once? Because he's literally in the castle with the king, but then he's also wherever Haru is with that green yeah. face on. I'm like, the black because army. I originally thought that that was just like a figurehead. I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be like his figurehead and he's the one behind everything, but he can't yeah, be in two so places too. at once. But no, he's like, this is literally me. And he like changes into the guy and I'm like, but you... Siri. This one can be explained easily. He's a magician. He can cast a Naruto clone, right? Taking his place. And also, that's not, I don't think that's a mask. I actually think that's his actual face because he's been, he was scarred. The whole thing is he wants revenge, right? So that's actually. No, no, he he, says he he doesn't want revenge. That's petty. He wants to have power over everything. It's it's revenge. That's basically revenge. (laughs) He wants his throne back. Or the throne that was never his. At least they gave him a decent motive. Like, he gets sold off to a kingdom, and it's, like, not great, but at least he makes a family. And then his dad's like, eh, fuck my son, I'm gonna... Is that... That's what happened. Is that really backstory? They're literally explaining it to you in Act 3. There was no, like, hints and clues throughout it. There wasn't, like, a backstory being told. It's literally talking heads explaining... Or he was literally... No, but I'm saying that at least he had a good motive. Like, that's one thing he has. He has a good motive. Like, whether you feel that it was construed in, like, a strong or weak way, like, you could say it's just exposition, you know, weak writing, but my point is at least he has a good motive. Like, imagine you get sent, you get sold off to this other kingdom to, like, I think it was, like, for peace to prevent a war or something, and you're not happy about that because you're basically a pawn, but then you manage to find happiness, you find a wife, you have a children, and they both die after the same person who sold you to the other kingdom attacks the other kingdom, and your wife and child die in the fighting. And so, apparently he died too, but somehow he he made a pact with demons and shit. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I would be pretty vengeful too. Really? Yeah. Can you imagine? You mean you wouldn't just take it dying and just go to your grave? I mean, yeah, I would probably just die. I would probably just die, but, like, I understand his vengeance. I'm going to make a pack with the devil and get a green face, and then I'm just going to take it. But actually, he's pretty cute with his pink hair, you know? Ooh. Wow. (laughs) He doesn't have to have a green face. He can have whatever color face he wants, apparently. (laughs) Wow. There we go, guys. Thirsty Sari has reappeared. For the evil villain who turns into, uh... <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm gonna go <laughs> that's gonna turn into hentai, and you know how we've talked about stuff like that before. All right, moving on. Um, what did you think about Kotina? Because she is, she is what we call in like the comic industry like i guess a mary sue or like uh or like a woman in the fridge (laughs) have you heard that before i haven't heard woman in the fridge but i have heard mary sue yeah so woman in the fridge came from a comic book uh not not a trope but something that happened in the comics comic world in the 1980s where green lantern's girlfriend gets uh killed by a assassin and stuffed into a freezer so when they talk about putting a woman in the fridge, 
Uh, that basically means a woman character is literally exposition uh, to motivate a male to get revenge or to, you know, get into one of these storylines and that the woman has no character development. Oh, yeah. Her only yeah. worth is she, being done. Yeah, I wouldn't call her a Mary Sue because I don't think she has a prominent enough role to be a Mary Sue. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, I thought she would have a bigger role from the beginning of the film because, like, we got to save her. You yeah. know, she's the but girl we got to save. has, like, a way bigger role. Yeah. And even Astra doesn't get that much characterization. She gets a yeah. little bit, but not a lot. Yeah, I, f- I feel like the Kotina characterization makes, I mean... If this feels like a 1990s, early 2000s film more than a 2020 film, I'm pretty surprised that, uh, that like, I, I don't know. I mean, people have gotten hit with a lot more criticism for much less than what this film did with Kota. I mean, <laughs> it really makes her look pathetic. At the end of the day, like, she wasn't that important. I mean, like, okay, she's the, she's the, she's only important because she's the link to the other girl in the other world. And I guess... Yeah, she's the reason they're doing all this because they're trying to save her. But, like, she doesn't know what's going on. She has no clue that any of this is happening. She forgets everything that, like, happens because it doesn't... You know what I mean? It's like she doesn't forget being sick or anything, but she forgets that you even existed. She got stabbed and then that forgot that that happened. <laughs> like, yeah. It just didn't happen. Yeah, it's, you know, but she's the doppelganger of Astrid, and they showed that Astrid is a very strong-willed independent woman who does the right thing and she wanted you to stab her to kill her because she believed maybe haru's theory was right yeah uh and what i'm saying is kotana the way they portrayed her she's just this fragile weak woman always in need of of saving from her white knights and you know, i mean how are they gonna stabbed, save her from cancer like, though like <laughs> i know that's the that's the worst one it's like i have i I, I was stabbed. And she, and I have that's cancer, true, but that has to now, be true of Astrid too, because the whole reason Colton is in danger is because Astrid is in danger. So how are they not true. both in need of a white knight? True, that is absolutely true. But uh, the whole thing with Astrid is she's lived her whole life under attack, right? That's I the whole actually thing. thought Kotona seemed like way too nice of a girl for Haru because he seemed like a huge douchebag in the beginning of the movie, and she's the one who suggested that they don't go to the crepe shop because she knows you can't get there. And she's the one who says to Haru, next time, let's go around. Because she wanted to include him. And that's probably why he liked her, because she's actually really sweet. Like, we don't get a lot on her. We really don't. But what we do, she seems like a genuinely kind and sweet girl. So uh, you know what you know what they say the the kind of sweet girls always go for the uh, douchebags. <laughs> nice guys finish <laughs> last. Is that what you're trying to say? But yeah, nice guys finish last. But in this case, the nice guy is also the the douchebag. So hypothetically, they're the same person. But so. I mean, if you's the nice guy, then he doesn't the- really finish last because he gets to have other Kota, which and is he also gets the kind princess, of weird. And he actually becomes a king. What is Haru? He's just a regular Japanese. Just a regular, regular guy who was afraid of a of a, a dog. Which, by the way, we have to talk about the dog because I love dogs and I like. Literally, there's oh, the whole no. scene. Oh no! Are you gonna criticize about how they portray dogs as being rabid? I and all am. That? Yes, I oh, am. God. Here we the go. Dog- all right, guys. I'm gonna tune out for a bit. Sari's gonna go on her rant, so enjoy this. The dog is laying i don't know where they're in like they're like outside of a warehouse or something a lumber yard there's like stacks of wood or something around here and the dog's just laying there sleeping the kids are playing kick the can and the dog gets hit 
by the can. And it goes AWOL, okay? And first of all, if a dog got hit by a can, do you think it would care? It's an empty aluminum can that, like, it doesn't weigh anything. It's like air. It's like a cloud. So tell me how the dog is even going to be annoyed by that, okay? Like, all of you who have dogs, haven't you ever, like, thrown a ball or, like, a toy and it's, like, hit your dog even if you didn't mean for it to? Did they do anything? Yeah, they got the toy and brought it to you excitedly, okay? <laughs> maybe, maybe this dog was also a wayfarer. Stop. From <laughs> <Just neither. laughs> okay, but the other thing is, so then the dog gets up and growls at them, and the, what do the other boys do? They leave. They're like, you know what? The dog's telling me that it ain't happy. I'm going to leave. Good choice. You know what Hara does? He's like, it's just a dog. I'm going to stand here. Boys he- don't ride. I'm going yeah, to stand here in a ground. dominant position toward the do- And of course the dog's like, all right, I gave you, I gave you like a warning now. Like, I'm not going to attack you because you didn't listen to it. But I don't think the dog would attack, like I said. But let's say that it Okay, it did attack. But the thing is, does it bite him anywhere? It bites his shirt. That dog is trained. That is a trained attack dog. I'm telling you, it knows. It's not. It's a good boy. Wow. Wow. Wow, look at the Japanese animators with all this detail. They must have done their dog research knowing. <laughs> well, come on. It did not once grab his skin. It grabbed his shirt. And I think part of that, too, is they were like, well, we can't have the dog actually attack him. Or he'd, like, kind of... guy's arm with blood. Yeah, yeah. he'd, like, kind of die. <laughs> Or be like like mortally wounded, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But I didn't. That's I wasn't appreciative of that scene. <laughs> that's one thing I absolutely love about you. When you watch these things, you you laser focus on any scene with a dog, and it has to be a proper I get portrayal. so mad because there's like so many <laughs> like anime and stuff where they have these dogs chasing and attacking people. What's going on in Japan? Like, do you guys have a bunch of rabid dogs or something? Like, what is happening? Yeah, probably. Or, like I said, that dog is from the world of Ninu Kuni, planted there for you and Haru to start their adventure together. I'm telling you, I that's mean, probably what happened. Haru does say that the reason you came to that world in the first place was to save him. To save him from the so, dog. So, I mean, yeah. maybe he was just trying to save himself because they're the same person and it doesn't make any sense, but whatever. Okay, this also uh, this also really raises an interesting question since we're talking about that scene, right? If you is from the world of Ninu Kuni, right? What was he doing on an airplane? I don't. That's you that's know, what like, I was wondering right? too. Was that was that a real memory or was that what he was told? Yeah. Did right? he just show up if somewhere? Yeah. If that's the case, how did he end up here in the first place? I, I I'm very confused about that. Like. You know, Oliver doesn't really explain much, but Oliver kind of had an inkling that you was a wayfarer from when they were in the hospital together. Uh, and also, why the hell was Oliver in a hospital? I know. He was, like, totally fine. Yeah. He was living was he he just, was living there like it was a retirement home. Did, yeah, yeah, exactly. Does someone, like, report him for being senile or something because he keeps talking about, like, a fantasy world? Is that why he's in the hospital? But that's a hospital and not a mental institution. And right? even then, they wouldn't so, put him in a mental institution. Like, at that age, he would just be in some sort of, like, retirement community retirement or, like, memory home. clinic right. or something like that. He Right. So yeah. is this whole thing just him being planted there to kind of, like, guide you at an early age is that like because they never actually explain yeah and the fact of the matter is that so you is like 17 him and harry are 17 and he was at that clinic when he was a little kid so this is like what eight ten years later (laughs) like and the grandpa's still there yeah 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's living the rent free, just bumming it out, and they're just like <laughs> the first time. You know, hospital I- bills are expensive yeah. as fuck. Okay, so he must have a lot of money. He must go back to the world of Nino Kuni just to get gold and bring it back here right. and exchange the gold rate. His gold rate is really high. The first time I watched it, and he was like, "Does that guy still live here?" I was gonna be like, "Nah, man, he's dead." <laughs> But he was still there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I have no idea what the hell they were talking about there because that makes no sense at all. Like a lot of these things, they, they didn't explain things. They explained things they didn't need to explain because it didn't make sense. Like the whole them being the same person. But the things we wanted to see, like what the who the hell is all is that even Oliver? Like a lot of us speculated that that guy is Oliver because he wears the same uh, uh, cloak and he looks kind of like Oliver but they never explained his motives they never explained anything like that's stuff we wanted to actually know you know what I mean yeah he's just a random magic grandpa that comes at the right time to give you the magical sword that heals the stab wound which by the way when he gets like completely just like speared by some falling debris <laughs> he gets harpooned yeah and what does he what does haru do he pulls it out i'm like that's gonna make him bleed more why would you pull yeah, it out that's the first thing i thought that's the first thing i thought too i was like this guy's the stupidest guy ever like, every single he, thing you always say leave it in he could have said literally in. like literally you could have survived for sure if they left it in but he pulls it out like just die man bleed out. out and he didn't he didn't even yeah he didn't even try to hold the wound I know he just they, they don't do anything floor, he's like you stay here and he walks all heroically with his sword <laughs> it's the stupidest thing ever that was pretty yeah, dumb and then you find out yeah. that uh, the girl uh, Astrid has magic aside from just her like like Aegis thing she like shoots yeah. a magic bolt in the sky and I was like why weren't you all helping <laughs> like in the, from the yeah. beginning well <laughs> I guess she was actually um, in his hand so her her arms were stuck to her side but I was just like oh she has magic I didn't know that I feel like I thought she knew about magic because like she lives in a magical world and like she has that Aegis thing but I didn't know that she could actually do magic aside from well, she, she did, has the she dance did the thing. magic in the dance yeah. yeah in the water with the bikini scene you know so that's you know I guess yeah so. I, I maybe I should say I didn't think she had like offensive magic I just was like yeah I don't know I, I, I don't know yeah. Uh, this is what happens when you make a movie based off of a video game and it's not called Dragon Quest. But that's a different story. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else you want to talk about with Ninu Kuni or are we going to call it a day? You know, I, I think... See, what's going to happen is, like, tomorrow I'm going to be like, oh, I can't believe I didn't mention, like, X, Y, Z. But right <laughs> now I'm like, nah, I, I talked about everything I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, you got it got it all off your chest, all those rants that you wanted to uh, rip on this film. You, you got it all out. I mean, I suppose if I don't, I'll just have to go on, like, Twitter or something. Yeah. So, in that case, you guys should definitely follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and our brand new TikTok and what is our handle in all of these places, Sari? It is at iGeekShit. At iGeekShit. And also follow us on YouTube because uh, we're releasing a lot of awesome, funny videos. They're funny videos. Like, Sari has been making some funny-ass videos. And I'm not somebody who laughs a lot, but those videos kind of make me laugh. So you don't want to miss that incoherent geek shit, iGeekShit stuff. It's great. Uh, but yeah. That's about it for Nino Kuni. I am Ion. That is Sari. Last word, Sari. Bye. <laughs> okay. That's my last word. Goodbye.
What do you want me uh, to say? I'm being polite. I'm bidding them farewell. See you next week. I mean, we're bi-weekly. Yeah, we're bi-weekly. <laughs> see you in two weeks. <laughs>